what we began discussing yesterday, because it's such a popular topic in the modern world, is the notion of vulnerability. The capacity to open myself up and lower my defenses in order, um, in order, in, that's a good question, in order to do what? In order to do what? So, we perused a Rambam, and the Rambam takes us idea which the secular world champions as vulnerability and we did mention that vulnerability has become so popular that Brené Brown who introduced the notion in her powerful talk called The Power of Vulnerability is one of the most watched TED Talks ever and it's had an amazing appeal. She's she's like now she works as a, 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 train, a trainer of major corporates and she's done really amazing, amazing work. But we're going to a, a much more ancient source, back to the Rambam, Maimonides, and he puts it across in, in, in a very powerful way. He discusses the notion of what we call chiva, which is a way of realigning ourselves with our spiritual essence I call our authentic self. Our authentic self. And in order for us to align ourselves with our authentic self, he describes the following process. Let us say that I did something very wrong. I stole from someone. I stole from Shmuel Mordechai. Now, Shmuel Mordechai is such an unlikely victim to be stolen from, which is exactly why I prayed upon him. And do you have a laptop, Mordechai? Not anymore. Because (laughs) I stole it from you. So I steal your laptop. And um, it's fantastic because it's... uh, it's, uh, Help me here. Mac. Mac. Oh. The MacBook, exactly, exactly what I need, exactly what I need. It's exactly what I need, so I stole it. And then at night, I'm tossing and turning, thinking to myself, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this idea. It just doesn't sit well with me. I'm going to give it back to him. So I go to Shmuel in the morning and say, Shmuel I'm really sorry. I stole your laptop. And here it is. And he says to me, because he's a great guy. He's literally a great guy. Not like me. Shmuel is literally a great guy. He says to me, I'm I totally and utterly forgive you. Has that completed my process? You'd think, yes. So I go, well, maybe I have to make a kind of some kind of declaration to, to Hashem and say, you know, Hashem, I did something really wrong and admit in front of the Borah Olam and say to him, you know, I really, I really did something wrong and um, I'm sorry. Does that complete my process? No. What I need to do next, and this is a shocker, what I need to do next is get together a group of people and announce to them what I've done wrong. And say to them, guys, you have no idea what happened. And they say, well, Siegel, we always disrespect you. I mean, <laughs> just tell us what the next thing you've done is. So I say to them, you know, I really needed a laptop and I didn't really have the cash to buy it or the desire to invest in it. And I thought, well, Shmuel Mordechai has got a fantastic laptop, which would look fantastic on my desk. So I, <laughs> I just went and I took it from him. And uh, I, I must be honest, I regretted doing that. I gave it back to him. And in front of you all, I just want to put it out there that I'm admitting that I made a big mistake. I regret having done that. And now I'm coming to make recompense for what I did wrong. And the Rambam said, that is the last part of the Chiva process. And the way we explained it yesterday was because in order for me to have the guts to do that, one of the most basic needs of a person who's caught up 
in the self-esteem fallacy is the need for approval, feeling that my worth is based on what other people think about me. The worst thing I can do if I want to get that approval is to go in front of an audience and say something which will make me lose their approval. And therefore, I'll have an incredible fear. I have an incredible fear to do that because I'll suddenly lose the thing which I value, which is my basic self-worth. If this point completes the true process, it must mean that an expectation of that approval is actually a sabotaging of my connection to my authentic essence. And by me declaring something which would theoretically make me lose their approval is the healthiest step for me to reconnect to my authentic self. Why is it enough to do it to Hashem? Like just to say to Hashem, admit it to, like why did we dive to people? That's the point. Let's rewind. Is this, is this like a Lamaisa like or is it like a thing that like, is you have to do? Like, <laughs> is there something you want to share with us, Aria? BT syndrome. Is there something you want no, to share with I us? Remember something from no, no. I want you to share. Is there something you've done no. to someone else? No, no. So okay, what is your resistance? Your resistance is based on the fact that you want everyone in this room to think about you in a particular way, don't you? Listen, you're not, you're, not, you're not alone in that because everyone else in the room also wants everyone else in the room to think about them in a particular way. So you're not alone. I'm like that. You like that. And Ralph is like that. <laughs> we all we all want we all want everyone else to think we are something and the reason why we want people to think we are something is because if they think that we are the bee's knees they that will give us a sense of worthiness and value and that value is a fallacy because it doesn't exist it's not a real worth because who gives a hoot what other people think about me. Why is it a determining factor of my worth? It's ludicrous to even assume it, even though experientially it's so cogent. For example, let's say I'm a guy that has a fantastic power of persuasion and I can create an image that can completely fool the lot of you. But I'm a low-down, conniving creep. And I walk into the room and I don't present myself as I really am. And you guys think, wow, what a lovely guy Siegel is. Eh? He's really a nice guy. And I feel that energy of nice guyness coming from you. <laughs> and they go, oh, I'm a really nice guy. But I know inside of my deepest heart I'm a conniving low-down creep. So what's going on there? What's occurring is in that interaction, I'm bolstering a fabricated, illusory sense of self. And I'm beguiling you with my words to create a false image of who I am. And therefore, if I've done something wrong and I want to be genuine and authentic, it's inside of me. Let me broadcast it to the world. And what will happen? Then they'll see who's there. And what will happen? Well, then the reality is there. So then what will happen? Well, they may despise me, but who cares? Because if they don't despise me because they don't know that fact, that's an illusion. What troubles me is I don't understand how someone can embarrass themselves like that. You don't understand intellectually or emotionally. Halakhically. Halakhically. What's wrong with halakhically? You're embarrassing yourself. It's a 
prerequisite for tshuva, my dearest friend. It's a necessity. You can't embarrass other people, but you're more than welcome to embarrass yourself. For example, what would you have to share with us which is deeply embarrassing? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was close, that was close. Have a point. Yeah. Doesn't the, the, the Chavetz Chaim, there's a story of him where, where he, at basically at the end of the story, he says that he learned from it that you can't even say uh, Lashon Hara about yourself. Who knows if that story is true? It certainly doesn't appear anywhere in the Chavetz Chaim's collection of what you can and can't say. I think it's ludicrous. There's, there's a requirement for us to be open and genuine, and in doing so, we're going to say disparaging things about ourselves. I've got plenty of stuff to share with you guys. Go on. No, maybe later. <laughs> well, because I want to hide myself and pretend I'm something I'm not. Quite right. honestly. At least I'm honest about that. At least I'm honest about the fact that I like to hide myself. What do you want, Tuvia? Please. But do you not think cool. this will only work where every single person's on board on this reality that there's no such thing as self-confidence? Because if I'm the only person that believes that and no one else thinks that, then... If I start just, you know, ramming on crazy things, slowly, slowly, I'll start right. being, you know, excluded or, right. you know. Right, right. And, and, and that will be the testimony to the reality of yourself. I'll tell you what happened to me right now. I had two very contrary experiences. So I, I shared this idea with the gap year group. And I told them something which I'm going to tell you now. Okay. It was a couple of years ago, I was, in, I was traveling in Australia, and I was driving my mom's car in the streets in Sydney, and um, I went too close to a car, and I scraped it. My brain wants to say to me that, I'm not sure if I scraped it. <laughs> that's, that's easier for me to say, but I think I scraped it. And I, was, I, was, I wanted to go back and put a, put a note and say, like, you know, I damaged someone else's property. I should go back and make sure that I can make restitution for it. I kind of say, I probably didn't scrape it. It was probably just a noise. I just drove on. It was bad. Now, how do you feel about me now that I've shared that with you, Lewis? I wouldn't trust you. Zero how to drive Sydney. Yeah, there you go. There's deeper, more darker things that, like... Whatever. Everybody has their own, you know, things. But you so, feel like that's how like do you not, feel about it's a very power of story. Very power of? It's not that yeah, whatever. It's bad, but like if someone says okay, like okay, I uh, no, well, okay, some, okay, crazy okay. stuff online. Okay, okay, it's okay. It's a little bit different. Okay, good. Good, good. I mean, we can we can rank it up. Do you know what I'm saying? I've got time. Should it's starting off with that one. Just so starting with the vulnerability. It. it makes it makes it feel like that you're trustworthy almost. That you, it, it's not. Even though you did something wrong, that you're you're. You've accepted it. So you, for you, it makes our connection more authentic. Did everyone in the room have that same experience? Ralph? Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it's a very part of story. Like, and also, for, I, for I, me, I it's not thinking, so pyro. For me, it's like, that's bad. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not a good thing that I did. I might be thinking the opposite. I might be thinking, oh, he's willing to share that because he knows that that's something, like, simple. So it's still, so it, so, so it like, almost ingratiates himself with us. I say, like, oh, nice. see, I do bad things too. Oh, wow. So, Ralph, so Ralph's got a critique within the critique. Like, he's saying, he's saying, your admission is just trying to get more approval. I like that. I like that. You know, you're so conniving and devious <laughs> that you find like this really power of example to make yourself more ingratiated in the eyes. You disgusting. Like, I like that. That's nice. <laughs> it does tarnish your image a bit. It tarnishes my image. 
Yeah. So for you, it tarnishes my image. For you, it makes it. So this is the, this is exactly the experience I had when I shared it with the Gapier group. They I shared it, I shared it with them, and they said to me, um, the guy I shared it with, the the one on one guy I shared with said he feels much more trusting and appreciative of me. And when I shared it, the same thing with the the, the Pisca group, which is that guys who who respect rabbis. <laughs> unanimously unanimously they all were very uncomfortable and they said you definitely went down in esteem and I found that fascinating I find that really fascinating so that in other words that it's almost as if the expectations are I don't, I don't know what that's about no, do, do you understand it's really interesting it's almost as if there was an expectation that they second group had as well you're a rabbi you have to be perfect and then you messed up. Well, now you're not a rabbi anymore, are you? Because you messed up. Mm. Isn't that interesting? And that's what you're feeling, Lewis. Lewis, this is literally the least of the stuff that I do. <laughs> the least of the stuff. Anyway, look at myself. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't want to change. It doesn't mean that I'm not working myself. But I'm a proper messed up human being. In fact, to make myself feel better now, you're all proper messed up human <laughs> beings. Bro, you know what's funny? <laughs> I did literally the exact same thing when I was back in South Africa with like a car. The difference is my mirror fell off that I was blaming the other car because he shouldn't have parked in the road. Yeah, where was it? Like, why was he parking in a place where my yeah. mirror could have get knocked off when I knocked off his mirror? I get that. Yeah, I was going to say your story you made me feel better about the time I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gla- gladly that I validated other people's misdeeds. That's really, that's really comforting. Sure, if you put in there for food, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get the how that rationalization can work. Okay, so 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 the Rambam says this is the stuff that you should do. So I don't know, but he's like, it was bad enough, the intro to the ship, but now he's actually like got to know me a little bit, and I think there's no way I'm coming back. <laughs> so very interesting thing. It's an interesting thing is like, what are we as humans? What is humans, and what happens when we display our humanity? What happens when we display our humanity? Does that create a more authentic connection, or does that create a disdain and a rejection? And the truth is, probably both are up for grabs, right? Mm, really but the depends ra- on the audience. Yeah, it depends on the audience. It depends. You see, it depends on the audience. And the Rambam says you don't actually you can't you can't test drive the audience. So if you you got an audience and you're going to tell them the stuff you do, it could be that they all say, okay, well, we're not speaking to you anymore. We don't. We don't want to be. Go, we don't hang around a person like you. If you like that, if you're that kind of person, so forget it. Could you say that's partially the purpose? If the reaction that you get from someone is negative, they say we don't want to hang out with you. That that's a message of, well, if you continue doing, it's like a reflection of what it. I, I guess the problem with it is it's really what's socially acceptable. Because the, the whole point is, I'm I'm going to say this thing that sabotages me is to uh, grow as a person. Yeah. Grow as a person, but I mean, like, I'm trying to reject the idea that the my uh, my internal self worth comes from other people. Mm. But the reaction is negative. I can use, and then I can use that to inform myself of what my actions should be. That's still coming from an outside force. So the point is not you. You've kind of recognized what action has been, and, and the truth is, it's not just like you go and you say, "Well, I've done this bad thing." You also say, "And I regretted doing it, mm-hmm. and I want to make kind of amends for it." Mm-hmm. So it's not just like you know, you're right. There's, there's no no big thing. Obviously, if a person comes and says, "Listen, I steal a lot," 
and someone says in the audience, well, how do you feel about it? You say, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love stealing. It's much, it's much like less effort than actually working for money. And you get the kind of stuff that you want immediately. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> You've got to make sure you don't get caught. But otherwise, it's fantastic. So obviously, that's going to, that's, you, then you're just saying that I'm a nasty. This is not what you're saying. What you're admitting over here is that I had a human fall and I regret having it. Mm-hmm. I did something which I didn't want to do. And that's not what I want to be. I want to be something else in that. But I'm not going to hide the thing that I did to pretend that I'm perfect. No, I fell. Now I want to get up and pull myself together and move on. But I fell. Mm-hmm. And I admit to you all that I fell. And I admit to you all that I've fallen many, many times. What are you supposed to achieve by telling other people from it, though, if, if not their reaction? Like, exactly. In other words, it's, it's overcoming. No. it's overcoming the projection of a false image to others to create a artificial an artificial um, sense of appreciation in other words maybe what Ralph was saying was right, I don't, I don't know if he was right but he said to me, the reason why I admitted to doing that thing wrong is because I've done many way worse things wrong which I'm not going to admit so like, I wanted to get your cred by me saying something which is like power and then you'd think about me Look at him. He's so saintly that for us, we wouldn't even think twice about this. And it's still eating him up. What an amazing guy. We love him more. And therefore, it comes almost counter, counterproductive. But why, why would, why would, why would Rambam say, like, that's what you have to do if self-worth, if you're saying that self-worth, like, it doesn't change or, like, the self-esteem is, is, is infinite. And because the, the, the tshuva process is a reaffirmation of who I am. To other people or to yourself? Though? To yourself. So what, what's what's the significance of saying it to someone else? Well, then that's the litmus test to how real you are with yourself. You're willing to take that risk because you recognize that if everyone boos you, you'll still be a human being. Tuvia. Well, this Rambam, is this a stepping stone towards completing the chuva, or is it that your chuva is so complete that you come to a point that you're able to say it in public? Meaning to say, they just say, I've got a huge problem with stealing, and I've worked on it so much, right. I know I'm at a point where I'm just never going to steal again. I can just say in public, yeah, I used to steal so much, but I'm like so over that. Maybe that's what the Rambam I'm saying, not this whole idea of, you know, you're not, there's no such thing as self-confidence. The, again, I, I'm not quite sure how you strung those two things together. Yeah. The Rambam says that the completion of the pro, pro, the completion of the tshuva process is this thing because he says he says if you hold it in and you don't tell people about it, you cover it over. Your tshuva is not complete. It's a, it's, it's a restriction to how far you're going in that process of what I would call reconnection to your essential self. If you've never done that before, admit to someone you did, how are you supposed to know this process? How are you supposed to are you able to just read about it and understand it? I'm not sure. You have, to go through a, you have to actually go through the actions of Clarify what you're saying. I'm not quite sure what you're saying. I'm not sure. <laughs> try, try, try. Like, do you have to like 
you have to go through the actions of stealing something giving, and go through the process of tshuva and in order to get to the stage or can you can you just get to the stage of the outgrave to this whole process do you need, do you need, do you need this to be a part of tshuva or can you just be vulnerable without it is that what you mean right yeah good question good question um, so what I extract from this Rambam is not only a idea in Shiva, but a more global idea that there is something negative about projecting a false image and not being authentic with what's going on inside. In general, in general, in other words, I think we have to be upfront, and the more upfront we are, the more. Uh, let me just, before I get your questions, Josh and Evan, let me just illustrate how I see this to be. L- let's say we're all sitting in this room. Now, I'm pretty sure that many of us are conscious about the way other people are thinking about us right now. And in order to do that, we're creating certain defense mechanisms and projecting a certain image. I want people to think that I'm a certain level of intelligence, a certain level of whatever. And therefore, I'm maintaining some sort of image. Now, what happens when my image meets your image? Well, that's great. Two images meet each other, but me and you are not part of that discussion. So we want to get rid of the image and just have the raw person present. And I think that's a principle. That's a principle of like, okay, you and I get together. And what am I? Well, I am whatever I am. Then why is dress code such a big thing? Like a rabbi always wears a white shirt, tie, hat, whatever it is, or right. certain... Like, because right. like, that's his status. Like, he has to look a certain way for the way things are. Like, he can't just show up with shorts and a t-shirt and say, "Oh no, who I am is essentially I'm a, I'm a rabbi." Okay, that's a great it. question. That's a great question. I mean, I hope you're not going to push me to a whole new dress code, but <laughs> actually, considering pants it. from now on, rabbi parachute pants. Wow, that sounds immensely enticing. There's still an element that people will always, maybe even naturally, or I don't know what it is, society, whatever it is, but. So let me contrast that. Imagine you have this, this, for in your context, a rabbinical figure, immaculately dressed in his long robes. And then you find out that he's involved in a massive scandal. What happens to your faith in rabbis? Shattered. Why? Because there was an image that was false. Just putting that out there. Right? There was an image that was false. But if that guy would have turned up and been more open and said, listen, I'm struggling with stuff, if that same rabbi, if that same rabbi that had that fall would then come on public television and say, I made a massive, huge error. And that error has been negative for multiple people. And I'm fessing up about what happened. I'm going to openly admit it. Would he rise or lower if he didn't say that, or if he did say that, would he be elevated or degraded in your mind? Yeah. yeah okay. okay. Question from Josh Black. Yeah, I was going to ask if he expected this on Kudoyim yeah. today, because they were representatives of the Jewish nation, so how could he have them? Uh... The Torah goes out of its way, and this is one of the beautiful things about Judaism, to make our leaders vulnerable. Hmm. One of the things that we always talk about Moshe Rabbeinu is the fact he didn't get to Israel. Why not? Because he messed up. Moses, our leader, the person that gave us a Torah, crossed us over the sea, organized us in the desert for 40 years, messed up. Aaron, Aaron, messed up. We're very open with the fact Avram and Sarah messed up. Question about Sarah, but for sure Avram. 
Do you understand? We don't try to create an image of perfection because we are human beings. And the nature of a human being is to fall, dust ourselves off, get up and keep on going. And when you try to project an image of angelic perfection, that's a dangerous path to tread. Ev, what do you want to ask? Um, when I came in, I heard you speak about making public apologies, not seeking, and that's not seeking validation. Like, isn't that exactly seeking validation? So it depends on your audience. Meaning, as a result, you know, there, there's a fear that we all experientially. It's not an easy thing for, for us to do. I believe it would be an obvious search validation that would be a very easy thing for us to do. But if you think about now, think about something really nasty you've done that you regret, would be easy or hard for you to tell us all now? It would be hard. Right. But why? the truth is, you know and I know that once you said it, we all have a much higher opinion of you. But it's still hard because maybe some people wouldn't, like Daniel Lewis. <laughs> I think it depends where it comes from. Like if you if you apologize, like making public apologies for like something small and stupid, like you just want people to know that right. Like you being a, a, a good guy and, and making a public apology. Right, so but when it's like really like yeah. deep and wrenching, yeah. are there different levels of like to show up for different things? Or like if I like for sure. I, I, I get there's extreme cases, but if I if I steal something and if I like break everything's off, different totally different in other words because there has to be like a kind of a is that consistent there's one exception the Raman points out if you did something which was a something not not right between you and Hashem and no one knows about it then there could be a um, collateral damage of you <laughs> making it public that would You'd still have to admit, but you wouldn't admit the particularities of what you did wrong because that would just be negative. No one needs to know that, but you'd still say, I did something wrong. But if it's something everyone knows about, for sure. Is this like a good idea or something? Yeah, that's right. If this process of, of um, exposing your sins is so, is so like, mandated and respected, yes. Uh, then why is there like a, a current, I, mean, I don't know, there's, like, there seems to be a taboo against. Um, uh, discussing about the, the flaws and faults of the Bedoidim. Right. It seems like don't don't even dare tarnish them. Right, 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 right. In other words, when discussing other people, if we're so open and authentic about people and their fallibilities, well, why don't we openly discuss them? Your good question. Do you want an answer? Do you want to live with that question? Just drop long and kind of work on it yourself. Would you want the answer right now? Just like spoon-fed, like a kind of a Torah vending machine on the spot. Would you like that? Or maybe just kind of like have some kind of intravenous way of supplying you with answers so you don't even have to answer the question. They'll just go into your into your brain so there's no effort involved. What would you, when you're sleeping, uh, would you like that? Or would you... Would you Okay. Okay. Good. So I think I think we've done we've done we've done some lovely work today, um, and um, really stuff to ponder about this idea of of being able to be exposing ourselves and and what that means and and I think it's really kind of food for thought in terms of our own authentic relationship of who we are as people and how that how that how how we manifest how we how we act and are we being genuine? Yes. Um, Ev. Since there's no death penalty today, is there a way to like do to shiver for the cardinal sins? Yes. 
for sure. The Rambam says, even though there's none of the other kind of stuff that's required for tshuva processes, because those faculties are no longer around, so now tshuva does the work of everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not recommending that you go and start murdering yeah. Tuvia. <laughs>